You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on the You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the AME Radio Show, the show that is the voice of artists and entertainers everywhere. I'm your host, Jason Dowd, and we got a great show for you guys today. We have two great guests coming up. We have Naomi Grossman and Miles Tagmeyer coming up. Both of them are nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for either Best Actress or Actor in a short comedy or drama series. And we're going to be talking to them about what they love about acting, the shows that got them, or, or the series that got them the nomination, and so much more. So this is going to be a lot of fun. But because of that, I'm not going to have time to do too much of anything else. I did have something I wanted to talk about today, but we'll just have to wait till next week. However, go check out our website, www.theamemagazine.com. There you'll be able to see all of our links to the radio, magazine, and television. And while you're there, you can see all of our social media links. So like us, follow us, or do whatever the terminology is nowadays with those. And you can also get our apps for Apple or Android platforms completely free. Sign up for our newsletter and so much more, guys. There's lots of stuff up there for you. Okay, so one of the things that I got to do this weekend, uh, actually Wednesday of this week, was I got to go to my very first red carpet carpet premiere for The Little Mermaid. It was at the Tampa Theater. And I'll tell you what, guys, this is so amazing. What an experience. I got to hang out with the, the leads of the, of the movie. I got to experience the movie in a completely different way, and I'm really excited about that. And we're going to have William Mosley and also Poppy Drayden coming on next week. So you'll be able to hear the interviews, and you'll also be able to see the television because I did take some video of it as well. So I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun with this. And what a great movie. You know, so artistic. I, I'll tell you, this this movie had better win, win, an, uh, win or be nominated for an Emmy at least because when I found out how this movie was made, I'll tell you what. This brings back the old-fashioned style of, of movie, but yet it has such an artistic flair and a great story. I'm really excited about this as well. So again, that will be, that'll be next week. But let's focus on the guests that we have this week because I'll tell you what, they have an amazing story and they also are nominated for an, a Primetime Emmy. So let's get to that. But before we do, I'm going to go to a quick commercial break and I have Naomi Grossman on the line talking to us about her nomination in just a minute. So don't go anywhere. I'm Gladdy the Dachshund, the face of Gladdy's goodies. Aren't you worried about your pet's health? My parents were too, especially since I developed pancreatitis. They couldn't find any treats I could eat, so they made some. Our natural treats are healthy for all dogs, with and without health issues. We have lots of delicious flavors like chicken, turkey, salmon, sweet potato, beef, and more. With our homemade treats, you won't worry about the contents because they have no chemicals, fillers, or bad ingredients. Go to gladdiesgoodies.com now to get your fur friend a bag. And pick them up some swag while you're there. You'll be glad you did. Remember, we have the treats and swag to make their tails wag. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Hi, I'm Serena Vincent, and you're listening to the A&E Radio Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have on the line with us our very special guest. Her name is Naomi Grossman, and she is um, an actress who is nominated for a Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Actress in a Short Format Comedy or Drama Series for her role as Lorna in Control-Alt-Delete. 
And she also is well-known because she plays Pepper, the pinhead, in FX's American Horror Story um, Freak Show in Asylum, which is a great show if you guys have ever seen that. So welcome to the show, Naomi. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So it looks like you have a lot of cool stuff going on, and obviously the, the Emmy is probably one of the, the, the biggest um, but before we get into how you got that, I mean, because you, you got a story to tell. You, you have to have a story to tell to get to this point. So let's start off with how did you want to be, what made you want to become an actress? Oh, wow. Um, my parents were always really great about exposing me to culture. Um, and I think just, you know, growing up, going to the opera and the ballet and the theater and the cinema, I just kind of always looked up there and said, that's where I want to be, you know, under those lights. So, uh, you know, quickly I got involved. I began doing children's theater in Denver, Colorado, where I'm from, and um, then did as much uh, film and television as there there is there, which wasn't much at the time. Uh, but, you know, Father Dowling Mysteries and regional commercials, and <laughs> now I'm dating myself. Um, and, uh, yeah, then um, in high school, I actually, um, I did, I was always very, very focused, like from a, forever, I've always known what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I did uh, take a year off uh, to study abroad in Argentina, which ended up being like one of the best things ever for my career. Um, uh, it's just I think it's really rare for especially like laser focused actors like like me to just kind of force ourselves to just do something else, like have a life. Um, and uh, there I then went on to college at Northwestern as a theater major there in Chicago. And uh, after four years of um, Chicago winters, I was done and <laughs> um, moved out to Hollywood to seek my fortune here. And I've been here ever since. Well, that's cool. Now, I know that this is one heck of a job to be in uh, because, you know, there, it's, it's a lot of competition and, uh, you know, there's a lot of give and take in this particular industry. Did it, did, you accept, did it accept you pretty well? Have you had your ups and downs? And if you had some downs, how did you overcome them? Ugh, I had a lot of downs, um, especially first uh, upon first arrival into Los Angeles. I, I think I was just very presumptuous, um, which did not serve me. I, you know, I'd been sort of the star of my high school, and um, and uh, coming out of Northwestern, I mean, so many successful people come out of there um, that I just kind of felt like, well, gee whiz, I, I, I'm next. Um, <laughs> and that's just not the way it works. Like, just because you, you know, went to Northwestern does not mean you get to be, you know, a late-night comedy star, although it sort of seems like it. I mean... Stephen Colbert, Josh Myers, I mean, you name it. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I think my ego needed some checking. Um, But I also, I mean, to answer your question, what did I do to overcome it? I think I, uh, I, you know, they say that um, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the results is the definition of insanity. So, you know, keep yourself sane something's not working, try something else. And so for me, when I, I first got out here, I, I didn't know kind of where to begin. So I basically picked up a, you know, backstage with log magazine and started submitting my pictures and resumes. And two years later, I was like, gee whiz, I'm a, you know, I'm like a professional mailer, like, but I don't actually act at all. <laughs> Um, you know, it's it been years since I actually did any acting. Um, so that's when I thought, okay, enough, enough trips to the post office. I, I need to act. And, um, you know, I wasn't being tr- cast in a traditional way. And so I went ahead and created some opportunities for myself. And that um, it started with uh, writing and eventually producing and performing my own solo shows, um, which did marvel for my career um i I wouldn't say that they necessarily directly opened any doors in hollywood but they definitely kept me in the game and they kept me uh inspired and 
um, you know, my creative energies, of, of, you know, ablaze. Um, uh, eventually, then I, I got involved with the Crowling Sunday Company, which is a, a prestigious theater, uh, comedy theater here in Hollywood. And uh, again, um, just a ton, I got a ton of material out of, out of there, which I eventually, like I said, um, turned into my own online content, um, which is something that, you know, again, it's active. It's, it's not just sitting around waiting for, you know, Steven Spielberg to knock on your door. It's, uh, you know, going out there and getting it. And I think um, ultimately, like I said, I mean, great things came of all that. I was nominated for an L.A. Weekly Theater Award. I got, you know, rave reviews and extended runs and, you know, awesome things. Everything a thespian could ever want. Um, and yet, most importantly, I was I was being fed creatively. I was... Um, I, I I was I felt alive, and that's um, I think for an artist like the, the most important. Yeah. So, yeah, that that would be my advice to to not wait, create. Well, I tell you, you know, being able to think outside the box and come up with you know interesting ways to get yourself out there and, and ahead is is important, and that's that's neat well, that you're I, able to use that creative that creative uh, mentality. Right. Well, and I think it's just a matter of like. What can I do? What is how we do? How do we want? What um? What are they? What's going to happen? You know, how can I get them to notice me? Mm-hmm. But rather, like, what stories do I want to tell? I mean, ultimately, Hollywood noticed me, and I'm very grateful for that. But at the same time, honestly, even if they hadn't, I think I'd still be doing the same thing. I'd still be probably, you know, gathering with my buddies and with our and our video camera and making silly videos and writing solo shows and putting them on stage and because that's what that's what feeds me that's what makes me you know happy um and i think that's what's most important is that you know um it's kind of this if you build it they will come and solid that like yeah they came and i'm so glad but at the same time like i do you know mm-hmm. even if i were just acting into a void i'd probably still be acting oh sure absolutely and you know that's where that's where your passion is, and that's where it shows, and that's how you know you got to the point where your your peers actually recognized you to put you as a candidate for a primetime Emmy award. I mean that's it, that's mm-hmm. how it shows through your passion and your, and your inspiration that 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 brings you to this. Yes, indeed. I think well nowadays with Facebook we know what you know our high school crush is eating for breakfast, but <laughs> I think even without Facebook, if you ask anyone of my Dating back to like nursery school, you know, where is Naomi Grossman today? They'd probably tell you. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, <laughs> she's probably on some stage somewhere, or you know, uh, making funny faces and characters. Yeah. Well, you definitely have played I mean, some pretty cool characters. I have seen that. <laughs> uh, I'm a character actress. That's for sure. So. What has been the most fulfilling thing for you as an actress so far, excluding the, the nomination for the Emmy, a part of your work? What do you? What, what has been the most um, rewarding thing out of this so far? Um, you know, honestly, probably, probably uh, taking my one-woman show to Edinburgh. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; it was very exciting. The the um, the couple of weeks that I became number one on IMDb, mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, it's a very silly little thing, but, it, you know, for somebody who was not really all that popular in high school, it was very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, don't get me wrong, like, um, seeing seeing my face uh, tattooed on, it's also, like, it, it's, like, mind-blowing. So, I mean, I've had, like, a, just, like, a long crazy uh, uh, you know just sort of my mind blown on a regular basis um, with this role uh, in American Horror Story at the same time honestly taking show that could you know all the way across the pond 
and performing every single night in in Scotland. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, climbing uphill both ways with a backpack full of dildos to a, a sold-out drunken crowd. Um, <laughs> it was it was really it was it was thrilling. It was um, it was almost like uh, you know climbing Kilimanjaro for a for a climber. Like it was kind of like the actors. Um, it's one of those things that like every actor should do, and and um, it, it kind of separates the men from the boys. I mean, there's a lot of you know a lot of people aren't up for it, and um, you know I again I'm one of those people who like I really I, I mean I cried when I had to say goodbye mm-hmm. um, because even though it was like the hardest thing it's ever done, like I I mean I don't know how much weight I lost. Between the haggis and the climbing uphill both ways, it was like it was work, and I was <laughs> like I was a, a like a fit little you know thespian by the end. Um, but like that's again, that's what I love. So mm-hmm. hey, bring it on. <laughs> that's right. So now you get into the point where you actually got nominated for a primetime Emmy award. What? Where were you when you when you heard that you got nominated, and what went through your head? Well, you know, there's a, a little group of uh, what we call FYC underdogs. That is, um, FYC is an acronym for for your consideration, mm-hmm. and we're basically mm, just a, a bunch of um, you know actors who are not necessarily backed by some big studio. Um, that is, our projects, you know, don't have this, this massive budget behind them to afford these, you know, full bar, you know, open bars and, and that so many shows uh, will show um, in the attempt to woo Academy voters. Mm-hmm. So um, this little group uh, sent out a Facebook message, hey, if, you know, if you want to come watch the, the the nominations tomorrow, you know, join us. So sure enough, I mean, it was eight in the morning, so I, you know, had nowhere else to be really but bad, um, which was also very, very desirable. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I woke up in time, so I thought, you know what, why not? So I jumped in the car, my, you know, yoga pants, I don't think I even looked in the mirror, um, and uh, I, I didn't even know where I was. You know who these people were necessarily. I was just in somebody's house, and um, you know they handed me a mimosa, and then and we watched the and we watched the nominations, and um, it was thrilling. I mean, all of a sudden there's this entire you know room of total strangers, really, um, you know, clapping and yelping and and getting it all on camera. It was quite exciting. Oh, I bet. Actually, if people want to watch it, they can uh, go to my social media. I have it both on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's p- pure shock on my face <laughs> <laughs> and joy in the room. So tell everybody, if they haven't seen this uh, this uh, short series, Control-Alt-Delete, what's it about? So it's, um, it's an abortion comedy, because, you know, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, no, it's... Um, it, it is uh, based on real women's stories. Um, uh, its aim is to basically normalize the conversation around abortion. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I mean, I think it's very clever, ultimately, because it's a comedy, ultimately. It's, um, uh, you know, the, the fact that the creators are able to, you know, bring comedy, you know, make this the subject more, you know, accessible to people by by um, giving it a comedic spin. I think that's I think that's great because let's face it, nothing is black and white. Nothing is just drama or just comedy. Um, or at least nothing I want to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I mean my favorite shows are comedy. You know what I mean? Like is it a comedy, is it a drama? Like the you know, Orange is New Black or Transparent. Like, I mean, these are shows that are, uh, you know, very serious, but that's not all they are. There's, there's a lot of humor to them, too. Um, anyway, that's 
that's Control Alt Delete. Uh, my character is uh, named Lorna, and she's a self-proclaimed abortionado. She uh, regular at the clinic. Um, pretty much uses it as her birth control, mm-hmm. uh, and she has a great sense of humor about it. Um, she, uh, you know, she jokes about needing a punch card and having, you know, her own seat in the waiting room. And um, I mean, she's a total character, which um, sh- <laughs> unfortunately, apparently, there there actually is in the world. This um, Lorna's based on a on a real person. I don't know. I don't know her. I'd love to meet her. She sounds like a real hoot. <laughs> but so, she's, um, you know, she's definitely inspired. So your character, character. is almost like Norm on Cheers. Yeah, exactly. Always kind of sitting on the end of the bar, like making making jokes. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, it. Listen, when they first pitched the series to me, I thought, you know, if this were to ever turn into, you know, go to series like a like become a Netflix or Hulu, you know, sleeper hit, uh, I would be a, a series regular because let's face it, um, most of the women come in for like their one procedure and then we never see them again. But, you know, with the exception of the doctors and nor- nurses, uh, you know, Lorna's kind of the the one staple at the at the clinic. Mm-hmm. She's the Norma in, at the bar. So, yeah, I thought, wow, maybe I could weasel my way in roll with this one. <laughs> that was my thinking. I never, ever, ever saw an Emmy nomination in, in my future. Right. Now, um, with this particular role, what did you like the most about your character? Um, I mean, I just enjoyed the liberty. I mean, she's, like I said, she's such a hot mess. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, 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 this can't be good for you coming in for an abortion once a month or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that that's a healthy thing. Um, uh, so, you know, she's obviously like, you know, she, she does, there, there are other ways of contraception and for some reason she's not, she's not <laughs> going there, um, which is, I don't know. She's just, she's a, she's a freak. What can I say? That's sort of my jam. Uh, I enjoy really big characters, and um, she's obviously one of them. Yeah. So where could people see this uh, Seed Control Alt Delete? Is it still being played anywhere? Uh, is it, is, are, there, are there new episodes yeah, coming out? It's on Facebook, actually. Uh, it's, um, yeah, if you just go to facebook.com uh, forward slash control alt delete show, CTRL, Alt, Delete. Um, they can see all, I believe, seven episodes. Um, and because it's short form, it doesn't take all, you know, there isn't too much to binge. Uh, each episode is like a three-minute thing, and, um, you know, you can get through the whole thing within 22 minutes. So, you know, yeah, and they've just gotten some uh, a grant for a second season, so that's great. Oh, wow. Okay. And of course, it's you know it's 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 especially good because in this climate, you know, um, obviously reproductive rights are uh, at risk, and um, so you know, like I said, there is interest and there is money uh, that is you know folks are willing to put towards this programming, and that's great because um, you know there's a message there um, that. Like I said, I think well, it's not agenda. Um, I think in a unique position to, um, you know, broach these subjects that would otherwise, um, as an entertainer, I can just entertain. But if I can entertain and, uh, you know, share a message or convey a. a an agenda um, that I feel is worthy, then I'm telling two words. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited that you're able to be nominated for this uh, Grammy here, uh, for Grammy Emmy here. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> now I'm. Wow. What can I do? <laughs> so, you know, I got the chance one time to. Uh, we had somebody that was nominated for a daytime Emmy, and she won. So I have right now a 100 percent. 
a success rate with Grammy with uh, with Emmys. So wow. I really hope that we can keep that going at 100% and get you this Emmy for your for your work here. And I know that's like one of the ultimate, you know, satisfaction that you can achieve as an as an actor to be you know, recognized by your peers and then actually win the award for the stuff that you do. So, you know, I wish you all the best. I, I really hope that you win this thing. Oh, boy. I'm so glad I talked to you. I mean, what if I had it? I might not win. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> given your... your um, Given your history, I mean, my gosh! <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. You got I'm, I'm that lucky rabbit's foot. <laughs> I guess. Boy, where have you been all my life? You know, I've been at this for a while. I'm not some fly by night. <laughs> right. Well, he, he, here you are, and hopefully, we hopefully you will win this thing. And you know, I mean, it's 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 a heck of an honor, even if you didn't. But still, I mean, I, I just it's it's even more it's even more um, amazing when you do. Of course, of course. But we are, unfortunately, we're running out of time, so uh, please tell everybody where they can find out more about you, see some of the stuff you're, that you're doing, and, um, you know, if, you, if you're on social media, you know, send, submit those as well. I'd love to get people towards it. Absolutely. Yeah, folks can follow me at Naomi W. Grossman, N-A-O-M-I, uh, W. Grossman. Um, that's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. Uh, you can see all those all those videos that I mentioned uh, on YouTube um, as well. I believe my um, handle there is Red Meat Entertainment, um, <laughs> or you can just look up Naomi Grossman. Uh, and of course, my website, which is NaomiGrossman.net. Well, Naomi, you know, I be- I got a chance to see before you even came on the show today all the cool characters that you played. The makeup is just phenomenal, and your 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 expressions and everything it, it's phenomenal. And I'm I it, it can show it shows me right there why you why you're able to uh, get nominated for Emmy because you're, you're able to play roles that are just amazing. I mean, I, I I love it, and I would I would love to meet the people that help you make these characters come to life as well. And uh, I wish you all the best for this Emmy Award that, you, uh, that you're nominated for. And hopefully I'll be able to, to announce on the next couple weeks that you won it. So congratulations. Oh, that'd be wonderful. And keep going for it. Well, the, uh, the award show is on September 8th. So, you know, keep your eyes out for that. Um, voting is, I believe, from August 13th to uh, the 27th. So if you know any, um, any Academy voters... Um, those, the, that's the critical two weeks, and yeah, so it'll, it's going to be an exciting time. It is. Well, Naomi, thank you for coming on. You've been so much fun, and I wish you all the best, and I hope that we'll be able to announce that you're a winner here in just a few short weeks. I thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay. O- okay, guys, we are going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we got more. And don't forget, go check her out on the series Control Alt Delete on Facebook and just put it in the in Google and you'll find it. And we'll be back after this. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Hey, this is Cherish Lee, and you are listening to AME Radio with Jason. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have on the line with us our special guest. His name is Miles Tagmeyer. He plays Liam in Broken, and there's something very special about this series because he has been nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Actor in a short format comic 
comedy or drama series for Broken. And we're excited to be able to talk to him about this particular thing and everything else he has going on in his life and uh, see what inspired him to be an actor. So welcome to the show, Miles. How are you doing today? Thank you, Jason. I am doing fantastic. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you're here with me. And, you know, one of the, sh- the, the part of this show that I love is that we're able to show people that have followed their dreams and accomplish what they what they're trying to do, and you have been able to do that in this movie, in this series called uh, Broken, and uh, you got nominated for a primetime Emmy, which is pretty darn cool. So you know, I would love yeah. to be able to kind of draw up to this by telling, showing people how you got here, what inspired you to be an actor, and um, then we'll kind of get into how you how you won this because I think your story is going to help other people along the way follow their dreams as well. I hope so because I I feel that I. I did it, and if, if I can do it, anyone else can do it. And my story starts all the way back when I was eight years old in Minnesota. I randomly came home from school one day, went to my parents and said, I want to be an actor. And both of them were like, uh, okay. They had no idea what to do with me. No one in my family is artistically inclined at all. Uh, I was then enrolled in a summer camp for theater, and then the drama teacher at that camp approached my parents and said, your child has it. My parents were, again, like, what is this? And in Minnesota, you can sign with uh, as many agencies as you want. And so he gave my parents a list of agencies. The rule of thumb is whoever gets you the audition first is who you have to go with, regardless of personal relationship with the agent or who charges less commission. It's just whoever gets that audition for you is who you go with um, for that project. So I signed with all the agencies in Minnesota. I started to do short films, independent films, a lot of industrial videos, um, Best Buy, Target, 3M, and XL Energy, all based out of Minnesota. Uh, And I also did theater. So I I grew up doing theater. I I started acting right away. And I did all the local theaters, the regional theaters in Minnesota. And uh, when it came time to high school, I went to a performing arts high school. That uh, was, was a relatively new public charter school dedicated to performing arts so i was in the theater track but they also had dance they had an instrumental track they had a vocal track and they also had a musical theater track and the whole purpose of the school was to promote working and they wanted you to get out of school and they wanted you to be doing plays be doing films be doing whatever it is that you are passionate about and so i did and it was great it was a, a wonderful experience that was called saint paul conservatory for performing artists in downtown saint paul uh and then and then it came time to another decision. When I was finished with high school, I was like, okay, do I, one, do I go to college? And if I do go to college, do I go to a conservatory program again? Do I try to do a BA or BFA, MFA in theater? Or do I completely change paths and do something different while still pursuing acting? So I actually chose to move out to L.A., and I graduated high school a semester early, moved right out to L.A., I enrolled in Glendale Community College just so I was in school while I was here. And I did two years at Glendale Community College, and then I transferred over to Cal State Northridge. And I finished up there with a communication studies major, economics minor, completely unrelated to acting. Uh, But, you know, as they say, it's always nice to have a quote-unquote fallback plan, even though I do not like that, and we can talk about that later. (laughs) Uh, But I was constantly working while I was here. I I went through the entire Groundlings program. I was taking acting classes here and there, doing all sorts of on-camera stuff. Uh, And I just decided to be in L.A., and I've been here for almost nine years now. It's coming up on nine years. Wow. You know, one of the things that I have realized, it doesn't matter what you're going to do in life. You're always going to have that one wall that's going to try to stop you from your goal. What was that wall for you, and how did you overcome it? You know, I I think I'm just overcoming it. And this might sound so cliche to some people or so, I'm not not thinking the right word, but the, the one thing that I really, really believe in is you have to surround yourself with the right people, and you have to surround yourself with people who are supportive. I have had a lot of friends or people in my life who just are negative, and their energy brings you down. And it's not that they demean you or diminish you, it's, but they do it subtly, just not overtly. And I'm only now getting to the place where I'm weeding those people out of my life and I'm surrounding myself and latching on to people who are positive. They're upbeat. They are also passionate. They're driven. They're motivated because that's how you learn. And I'm a huge proponent of you can learn from anybody, and everybody has something to teach you that you don't know. Right. And if someone doesn't have that mentality, 
they're just kind of like a stick in the mud and not very fun to be around. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, true. That's my advice to people is you really have to just get a nice, strong support system, whether that's family or friends or coworkers, just anybody. Just don't be around that negative energy. Now, you have actually been in a lot of short films and independent films, and I've talked to a lot of people, and sometimes they're very negative towards that stuff. But you know what? I've always been one that says it's out there. You never know who's watching. You never know who's listening and stuff like that. And so I believe that those are some things that you should probably partake in, especially if you're just starting out in the business, because not only does it give you probably uh, good experience, but, again, you never know who's watching and where it can lead to other things. What's your take Absolutely. on it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I forget who said it, but there, there was some uh, famous actor, and I, I should know this, but uh, they said that they always said yes. They always said yes to whatever it was. Uh, now, there are some extreme cases where you should say no, depending <laughs> on the content or if you are unavailable. But I, again, I'm a huge proponent of just getting out there and doing it, because just like you said, you don't know who you will meet. You don't know what the opportunities that could come later are. And also, I did a lot of student films. I did a lot of student films through USC. I did some through UCLA. Uh, I did some through Cal State Northridge. I even did some through AFI. And if you can get into any student film, you don't know where those filmmakers will be in one, two, three, four years. And that's why I think you should just do it. It's great. It is. You know, I did a I did an interview a long time ago when I was uh, doing my art, and it was like it had like a bit of a religious, you know, um, undertone to it. And a guy brought me on on a blog talk radio show, and it was literally a two-hour show, and all he was trying to do was break me and get me to not believe in what I believed in or change my mind on it. And I was sitting there thinking, my God, I went through a two-hour, basically abusive uh, interview for what? What's it going to bring me? I saw that it had like three or four people listening. And on that show was uh, was a A&E producer that was looking to bring somebody on to be a uh, on a, like a paranormal show and and doing research and they asked me to be on this show and I was like oh my god you know so sometimes it is worth it just to just to try new things and and don't don't worry about who's who how many people are listening it's who's listening that's important or who's watching yes, that's and important absolutely and I would also equate that to just doing anything industry related because mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of people everyone has their own opinions on everything and even when it comes to certain industry related events or screenings or Q&A's and panels some people are huge advocates of that saying go 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 like you can learn you'll meet people and then some people are like oh well it's not worth it you're not getting one-on-one -on -one attention like it's not worth your time I think it's worth your time to go I I can't even count how many events and things that I've gone to as far as free classes because there are out there are free classes out there and I went to free classes free panels um, I even paid to go to some panels and Q&A's and discussions um, but you have to think about it, the opportunity, because again, like you just said, you don't know who's there, who's listening, and it, it can help you. It, it really can. can. It absolutely can. And, you know, before we got on the air here, you told me something very cool, and that you were part of Descendants School of Secrets, and I, I, I'm going to tell that to everybody out there, and I don't care what they say, I'm a huge fan of everything Descendants, from the cartoon, the movies, and everything that is Descendants. I even have a, a, a Descendants uh uh, magic band when I go to uh, when I go to to um, Disney World and stuff, and I love this movie. So it's really cool that you were able to be a part of that. Now, um, what was this one of the 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 bigger things that you got to before Broken, and did this lead into you, where you are now with with that series Broken? You know, I, it is one of the more recognizable things that I've done, just based off of the name. Mm -hmm. Although it did not get me into Broken. Okay. Uh, and it, I actually got that on a self-submission. And so that's why I think everyone should be constantly self-submitting. Even if you have representation, you need to be submitting. Your acting career or your artistic career, it is your, it's your life. And just because you have an agent or a manager or someone who is working with you, that doesn't mean that you should just sit back and be passive. I am a huge proponent of being proactive in your career and taking charge. Um, but going back to Disney Descendants, it was a self-submit. I went in. Uh, it was a great experience. We, we shot, I think, only one day, and they cranked out 27 episodes, I think. They aired one episode each day mm -hmm. leading up to the release of uh, Descendants 2. Um, but then 
as far as getting into Broken, that the, the sentence was about two years ago. Broken, the idea came a year ago. So last May of 2017 is when the idea to create my own content occurred. And so I gathered up my friends and people that I knew, and I, I got them on board to create some content because the opportunities for myself weren't there per se to get me to that next level. I was doing as much as I could, I, but then at a certain point, you hit a wall, as you said before, and then you have to do something to get you to that next level, to get noticed or to do something. So in my, I, uh, my answer was broken. And so that's what then we dedicated the next year and a half, and I'm still going with it right now, um, all on that series. Well, this is a great intro then to this series. So uh, I want to uh, please go ahead and tell everybody what Broken is all about, and um, we'll we'll kind of start off with that because I know this is where it leads off to your your big uh, your big nomination. Sure. Yeah. So Broken deals with the stigma surrounding mental illness. A lot of people have misconceptions between mental health and mental illness. They use the terms very interchangeably when they're not. So mental health is just like health. Everyone has it. There's nothing you can do about that. Mental illness is an illness that affects the way people think, feel, behave, or interact with others. So it's very specific in who has a mental illness versus who does not have a mental illness. So um, in Broken, it's a psychological thriller, and it deals with the stigma surrounding schizophrenia. So I played Liam, who has schizophrenia, and uh, it's confusing to the audience at first because the, the timeline is very disjointed, and it's all about, like, did he kill him? Did he not kill him? And what's going on? What's the truth? Who's lying? Who can you believe? Is Liam a reliable narrator, or can you not trust him? Hmm. And tell me a little bit about Liam, and what made you want to play this particular part? Sure. So as an actor, it's always uh, rewarding to play complex characters and uh, something that is totally unrelated to me. And the character of Liam I gravitated towards because I hadn't had the opportunity to play a, a character of schizophrenia. And like I said before, the, the, the misconceptions between mental health and mental illness, people, I myself included, I didn't know or fully understand the difference. And so as an actor, I like to be in things and be a part of, of things and be associated with projects that means something and this this means something it's teaching people that just because someone has a mental illness doesn't mean that they should be called a freak or that they should be uh treated any differently than than you or i um so it, it was it just really attracted me in that way what was one of the biggest things that you had to learn to play this particular character or what were some of the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome in order to make it believable that you had schizophrenia? Because I happen to have a, 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 a brother-in-law that has schizophrenia, so I know the, I know the traits and the characteristics of it. So um, mm -hmm. I can only imagine what it must be like to be in his, in his brain. So what were some of the things that you had to learn or had to overcome to play this character successfully? Sure. Yeah, that was one of the things that, before even taking this challenge on, I didn't want to misrepresent schizophrenia in any way. Um, so I actually spent a lot, a lot of time on YouTube, and I listened to auditory schizophrenic hallucination videos, and then I also would watch um, visual schizophrenic uh, hallucination videos. And nothing, it, it, it's not completely accurate, but all of these uh, tutorial videos were based on actual schizophrenic patients' accounts, so what they would describe. Uh, so I, I watched as much as I could, and I also listened to as much as I could. And it was the listening that really got me, because it even says in the beginning of the video, put this on, put your headphones on, and just go about your daily life. Do something. Do some tasks. Don't just sit there and uh, listen. Do something. And so I did, and I, I really hadn't been exposed to what people with schizophrenia actually feel and, and hear. And it was a little unnerving, um, the, the constant barrages of, of voices coming at you from the left and the right and, and a range of age and uh, gender and then also malicious intent. There were some that were mean and then some that were uh, nice but robotic and rhythmic, um, very OCD-like counting and recounting. Um, so that those, I took all of those things that I learned by watching the YouTube videos and I would read articles. I watched TED Talks by people who had schizophrenia and people who dealt with mental illness. Uh, and then I relate it all back into Liam 
uh, because 90% of broken actually takes place in Liam's head. But you don't know that as an audience member because it's, it's his reality. His reality is what we are seeing. And so I needed to honor the, the, the fact that we are actually in hallucination uh, right now. Mm. So playing Liam... Obviously, you take a little bit of the character. You become that character. The character kind of becomes part of you in the same way. What have you learned about yourself with schizophrenia? And do you? Ha what did you learn from your character that you can that you can use in in real life? Maybe it's uh, maybe it's advocating for for schizophrenics or something like that. What did you take away from your mm -hmm. character? Absolutely. So one of the major things that I learned in general from Broken and doing so much research on schizophrenia is more people are afflicted with mental illness than you realize. The, there is a negative stigma that surrounds mental illness that makes it hard for people to talk about it. And it makes them, it makes them feel embarrassed or people put them down because they, they laugh and make fun of the medication that they take or uh, the symptoms of the mental illness. So one of the things that I have really taken on is you, you just you can't judge a book by its cover in a sense because you do not know what that person is going through so it's made me reevaluate some of the, the way that I have been treated or have treated others and maybe an unfair unjust way and in however selfish capacity I may have done it completely unintentional but now I just I'm really refocusing on the way that I am living my life and interacting with other people um, I also found out about NAMI, it's the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and mm -hmm. they have a bunch of support systems for anybody who is afflicted with mental illness who needs an outlet to talk and communicate. They have a few different platforms on there. One is called OK to Talk, uh, and any young adult or anyone with mental illness who feels that they can't approach someone in their life can actually go online and talk with somebody in that online community. You know, you said something very important back there. It's like, you know, sometimes you, we treat people differently and we don't understand why. And I think the reason why is that we don't understand it. And sometimes the best way to fight us, with it, as opposed to learning it about it, is to put up that front and attack it the only way that we know how, because I think it gives us some type of, like, control over it, and, and it makes it not as scary. But in, in turn, it hurts that person along the way, because they didn't deserve any of that. And, you know, we see that in a lot of different things today. It's not necessarily just with, with mental illness. It's, it's with just anything we don't understand and uh it, it's it's nice that you that this has helped open up your eyes a little bit towards that and making it not so scary and your your yeah. the way that you just portrayed that and and talked to us about it it doesn't make it as scary as it sounds which hopefully that will kind of go off into our listeners and and maybe change their their perspective as well i would hope so and it, it ties into just the fear of the unknown people are afraid of what they don't understand and right. so by by creating content that forces people to listen to the conversation and, and see what's actually going on and hopefully to better understand it as I have, then I'm, I'm not afraid of it and I would welcome the opportunity to sit down and actually talk to somebody about this. Mm -hmm. And I, I like that this, that this particular series, Broken, starts a conversation. And I think that's what is important. Whether you agree with whatever it may be or not in whatever you're talking about anywhere, it's always good to have that conversation because it helps you understand other people. And maybe you maybe not, may not be able to change your mind, but you may be able to lessen some of the the um, the perspective on, on it a little bit, so they come more towards the middle of something. And that's always important. Yes, I agree. Now, leading up to this, you're nominated for this Primetime Emmy Award for this particular role. What does that make you feel yeah. like? I mean, this is obviously something huge. So, uh, what went through your mind when you were nominated? <laughs> It has been a crazy, crazy time. So it's been about two weeks now, coming up on three, that I uh, received the nomination. And I was actually on an airplane traveling to my sister's wedding when the nominees were announced. And I was on Wi-Fi, but of course it wasn't working. And I had turned all notifications off on my phone uh, because I wanted to be the first one to find out. And it, uh, it, when I found out it finally was working, I... I was in shock, and it came out at 9 a.m. Um, Pacific time, and I had gotten on the plane at 6.30, so everybody was sleeping around me, and then once I found out, I had headphones on, but I just, my mouth dropped, and I, I started smiling, and I wanted to just cheer, but the, I was crying a little bit, and people probably were looking over at me, being like, what the hell is wrong with this kid? <laughs> but but it, was, it was so amazing, and 
that, that feeling followed me the rest of my journey. And I actually had a layover in Atlanta, and I, I called my mom, of course. I was the first person I called. And then just to hear her be say, oh, we, we're so proud of you. We're so excited for you. Uh, that just that got me all choked up even more. So here I am, like, walking through Atlanta, uh, kind of laughing and smiling, but crying at the same time on the phone. And that's more people probably thought that I was crazy and that I <laughs> so, so what was going on with this kid. Uh, but then it's just it's opened a whole new like world for me in a way. Uh, it, it is a, a primetime Emmy, and that is massive. And yeah. this category, short-form series, has only existed for three years. So this is the third year that this category has been around. And there's only there's three Emmys within the short-form category. There's Outstanding Series, or excuse me, Outstanding Short-Form Comedy or Drama Series, and then there are both Outstanding Actor in a Short-Form Comedy or Drama Series, and then Outstanding Actress in a Short-Form Comedy or Drama Series. So when we had found out about this category within the Emmys, we submitted Broken and we submitted myself uh, for actor and then Lee Garlington, who plays Darlene, the therapist in Broken, we submitted her. And we actually walked away with two out of our three nominations. So I received a nomination for Outstanding Actor in a short-form comedy drama series, but then Lee Garlington also got a nomination for Best Actress in a short-form comedy drama series. So we were the only short-form series to have both actor and actress nominated, which I think is huge. It's incredible. Um, a lot of the, the series that were nominated were, are recognizable by name, and Lee Garlington has been around forever. She's an incredible actress, but this is her first time primetime Emmy nomination, so she, even she's never been nominated for an Emmy. So her and I, we, we're, we're buddy-buddy, and we've been going to a lot of events together, uh, and we're just we're promoting Broken, and we're promoting each other, and uh, it's it's really I don't know how it's just it's great I'm at a loss for words right now. Wow, I mean I, that that's got to that's got to be very incredible. And then on top of it, you know that you're in good you're in good um, company because you have to do something that is recognized by your peers to even be nominated for something like that. So you know that's got to be that's got to be a, a, a an achievement in itself. Even if you don't win it. You know, you, you yes. made it to that point where you, you did something enough to be recognized by your peers, and that's that's successful in itself. Oh, absolutely. And I was even saying now, like, I, I completely understand when people get up and do their acceptance speeches and they say, oh, thank you to the members of the Intelligent Academy. I didn't understand that, but now I do. Because even now I'm like, oh, my God, so much. Even for this nomination, you're right, I'm a winner. In my book, I've mm -hmm. already won. Three weeks ago, I didn't have an Emmy nomination, and now for the rest of my life I can be called... Emmy-nominated actor Miles Tagmire, and they can't take that away from me, and I think that's incredible. It, it, it's just it's mind blowing to me. Even still, I every now and again I, I catch myself thinking about it. I'm like, oh my god, this is just really really cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the biggest questions is now that you've been nominated for stuff like this. Obviously, the the easiest thing that can have happen to you is you know your ego flies, and you got to keep yourself grounded, and you got to keep yourself humble, and just keep going to doing what you love to do. How do you how do you how do you manage that? How do you stop that from happening? Because it's it's easy. I mean, anytime you get success, it's easy to do that, no matter who you are. Absolutely, uh, I I always think where I came from, and I, I people have asked me that too. They're like, oh well, now now like what now that you're famous, blah blah. blah. It's like I'm not famous, you guys. Like yes, I have a primetime Emmy nomination, but I. I'm still me. Like I, I still drive my car, and my car leaks sometimes, and I have the AC on too high. And like I, I'm still, I'm just, I'm just Miles, and that's something you, you do have to remain true to yourself. And I, I think that there's just personality types of people that it goes to their head, and they, they change so drastically. It hasn't happened to me yet. I'm hoping it doesn't happen, but I'm telling you now, it will not happen. So there we go. So it's not going to happen to me. Uh, you just have to be humble and nice and I, I I don't know I mean now now that I'm talking about it, I feel like I I'm, I'm bragging about myself but it's just you have to be just a nice person I guess I don't know mm -hmm. well I'll tell you I had one other time where we've had somebody come on here that was nominated for an Emmy or a Grammy or anything like that and they happened to win so I want to make sure that we keep this at a hundred percent you know um, the hundred percent rate of winners and so i'm going to wish you all the best and i i believe in my heart you're going to win this thing and and i hope that you do and i'll be watching the the uh the thing to see you up there getting your getting your trophy hopefully and um you know i we've unfortunately run out of time i could talk to you for you know hours here 
But um, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your experiences and, and your, your insights and, and your passion and everything else and doing what you do because you're entertaining people, you're creating stories, and you're creating conversations, and that's important. So congratulations on this Emmy nomination, on this, um, uh, Emmy nomination and we look forward to seeing you uh, at, the, at the award ceremony. Jason, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, yes, yeah, uh, let's keep it going. Let's keep this 100% success rate going. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. And hopefully we'll yeah. be able to get you back on for new stuff that you have coming out as well. Absolutely. How about this? When I, when I do win the, the Emmy, I'll come back on and give you an update. Oh, that would be awesome. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that was Miles uh, Tagmeyer. He is nominated for the Primetime Emmy, so tune in. When the, when the Primetime Emmy Awards are on and see if he wins, and I hope he does, and I'll be hopefully, hoping that I will be able to announce a new winner here soon. And guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have more, so don't go anywhere. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop in Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hi, everyone. My name is Darius Norman, the author of the new book entitled Rewriting Financial Rules. Have you wondered and needed advice in terms of repairing and building your credit? Do you need strategies to boost and to see quick results in building your credit? Do you need to learn how to protect yourself against financial predatory companies like debt collecting? Well, look no further. Rewriting Financial Rules is the perfect book to give you the step-by-step process to adjust and make those changes financially. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Dana Geyer, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. Make sure you catch the ice cream truck in select theaters and on BOD August 18th. See ya! Welcome back to the show, everybody. Well, I'll tell you what, I had a great time with you. Uh, I had a great time with our guests, amazing guests, and I am so proud of them being nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award. And a little tidbit about my show is that everybody that I've ever had that's been nominated for a Grammy or been nominated for an Emmy or anything like that on my show, I have a 100% success rate. So every time that they've come on my show, they've won the award. So I hope that that rubs off on both Miles and Naomi and that they win this award because I want to keep my streak going. Let's, let's, uh, let's just kind of go with that. No, I'm just joking. I really do hope they, they win, though. I have nothing to do with this. I just want to throw a little bit of fun out there for you guys. All right, so minute and a half left, so I'm going to say goodbye, and we will be back again next week. we got two shows each week, so to find out where you can listen to them, you go to our website, or here it is. It's amfm247.com every Friday morning at 6 a.m. and every Saturday at seven at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that's on 11 AMFM stations across the United States and online. You can also hear us on wklap.com every Friday morning at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and every Saturday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Again, both of those locations, we have two different guests per show. And you can find us on Radio Love, that's RadioLUV.com, every Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Do not type in L-O-V-E, you will not find it. 
You can also find us on phoenixbroadcasting.com on demand. You can find us on iTunes on demand and iHeart on demand. And if you don't know where you can find those, uh, just open up the app and type in the AME Radio Show. Or you can go to our website and go to find us and you'll get the links there. Either which way, you'll, we'll get you there and you'll be able to subscribe to it. And what's cool about those is that kind of you get it in advance. So it's kind of like a VIP program that we kind of indirectly made. All right, guys, we'll see you again next week. Keep those creative juices flowing. Stay safe and good night. That's the end. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.